0: My name is Roger MacDonald, and I'm the director of the Television Archive at the Internet Archive.
1: If you aren't familiar with the Internet Archive, it basically exists to hoover up and save as much culture as possible. Its stated mission is universal access to all knowledge, which means in addition to making a searchable database of 150 billion snapshots of websites all across the Internet, it makes available millions of public domain books, songs, and movies. Last summer... The Archive got an email. I can read it to you if you'd like. That would be great. My
0: name is Michael Medelitz, and my mother, Marion Stokes, was an avid collector of many things, including TV news. She was an early adopter of videotape, and on her passing in December 2012, she left me approximately 130,000 video cassettes of television news from Fox, MSNBC, CNN, C-SPAN, and other networks over the course of the 1980s through the day she died. Um, I'm not sure if you take video cassettes, but we would like to find a home
1: for them. It actually turned out that it was closer to about 140,000 video cassettes. Roger wrote back immediately. He wanted to know who would feel compelled to record 860,000 hours of cable news
0: just to resolve my amazement and wonderment at an individual being so dedicated for so long. And soon the conversation then led into what was it like to live here with
1: your mom? while she did that. I was three, and I remember being in a sound truck with her. That's Marion Stokes' son, Michael Medelitz, recounting one of his earliest memories of his mom, driving around campaigning for Lyndon Johnson.
2: Our job was to say, register to vote, vote Democratic. And of course, my little baby voice going out over the the sound truck was quite interesting. And I think she was very comfortable using that as a a ploy. But at one point, I kind of got a bit tired of it all. And I, I remember saying, I want some applesauce over the sound truck. She grabbed the mic and said, well, you'll get some applesauce when Johnson wins.
1: Marion Stokes was born in 1929, one month after Black Tuesday. Michael says that as an African-American kid growing up in the Depression, her childhood was particularly difficult. Still, she graduated from high school, spent some time as a children's librarian, and got involved in a number of left-wing causes. She spent a lot of time in the South during the Civil Rights Movement, and she and her husband edited a left-wing newspaper called The Independent Citizen. But for Michael... A huge part of growing up Marion Stokes' son was her hoarding.
2: She would get five or six newspapers a day, 100 to 150 magazines each week or a month. Her book library, when we finally cleared it out, was probably somewhere between thirty and 40,000 volumes. At one point, she decided that she wanted to have syrup on pancakes the way. It happened in cafes, so she wanted one of those um, sort of syrup containers with a sliding top. So instead of one, we had 50 of them. For Michael and the rest of the family, Marianne's tendency toward hoarding was not easy to live with. So if you kind of raised the idea that you know, some of her collecting activities might be a bit strange, you could pretty much guarantee a, a rather serious tongue lashing, certainly <laughs> in the early days. We'd go to a bookstore when I was a teenager, and you know, you'd kind of rock up at the front desk with – you know, seven or $800 worth of books. And this is in, you know, 1975, 1976. And they would kind of say, are you going to read all those books? And she would say, what, you don't think I can read it because I'm black? Is that why? But of all the things
1: she collected, all the things great and small she felt she needed to preserve, there was one that loomed larger than any other. Starting in the late 70s, Marion Stokes began recording the then brand new 24-hour news channels around the clock,
2: seven days a week. This developed once she had videotape you know in the 70s and also once i think CNN started to broadcast in 1977 one of the real triggers was not just CNN but also Nightline during the Iranian hostage crisis
0: some 60 Americans are now beginning their sixth day of captivity inside the US embassy in Tehran it's friday morning there
2: now but throughout this night and i think that really convinced her that there was a lot of news that might be lost if somebody didn't collect it and she just channeled her natural, if you will, kind of hoarding tendency to this task.
1: Marion didn't have some high-tech workflow to keep her
2: system perpetually recording.
1: So pretty soon, family life organized itself around the length of a
2: VHS tape. There were sort of between five and eight video cassette recorders, each with an associated monitor going in different rooms in the house. When she and my stepfather were still fit, you know, they would run around the house changing tapes at, at various times. so It would get to a, a kind of six-hour break, and there'd be four or five tapes that needed to be changed, and they'd kind of run around and change them. If we were sort of out eating brunch and one of those junctures came, you know, we'd kind of cut it short. My stepfather would stay and pay the bill. And we'd all kind of bolt off. And she kept doing this for 35 years. When they got older, you know, there were various people who would be caring for my mother, caring for my stepfather, and each of them got drawn into this process. When Marion
1: died in December of 2012, Michael and his siblings were left with all this stuff. As her health declined, Marion actually tried to find a home for all of it, but she couldn't find anyone she trusted enough.
2: You know, there were a couple of people who had uh, consulted with my mother before her death and sort of said, well, we can help you get your affairs in order and make sure that, you know, a lot of the the clutter and all that stuff is is sort of resolved before you die. My mother was kind of investigating that, but every one of them kind of blew the contract by looking at the, these piles of video cassettes and saying, these have to go. There's no way they'll ever be useful. And that was kind of the, the kiss of death.
1: That's what prompted Michael to email the Internet Archive. If anyone could see the value of this stuff, it'd be a place that hoards on an institutional level. And he was right. The Archive had actually done a more modest version of Marion's project. As of September of last year... The Archive made four years' worth of cable news, from 2009 to 2012, available online, searchable by keyword. Of course, Marion's work dwarfs that. 35 years of tape, much of it on Betamax.
0: Daunting is the word.
1: Here's Roger McDonald again.
0: This collection is huge. The tapes are somewhat old. One of the interesting challenges is getting players from that era, particularly the Betamax ones, that are in good enough shape or bring them up to good enough shape to give good playback.
1: Marion Stokes created this archive knowing in her heart that it would be useful in some way, without knowing exactly how. To her family, that sounded crazy. To an archivist like Roger, it sounded familiar.
0: It's exactly that that makes an archive great. We know it's important to preserve. We have good ideas about what might be done with it. But the reality is that our ideas will be exceeded by great ideas of others in unanticipated fashions. That's what's wonderful. There's a group at the University of California Merced at the Cognitive Sciences Laboratory that's doing a variety of interesting work on the use of gestures to convey size. So they look for words that describe size like big, small, teeny, teeny tiny, search the closed captioning for that and then look at the gestures that are associated with that.
1: And for Michael, the archive served another purpose that he never really would have imagined.
2: What I've done over the last years is to try to come to appreciate my mother in a way that I really wish I'd been able to do while she was alive. I mean, she was an amazing character. People would, you know, I'd I'd, I'd meet people and they would say, oh, your mother's wonderful. And I'd say, yeah, you don't have to live with her. (laughs) But she was. And she could be very petty and very kind of cruel and domineering in a way that that, that a lot of people found very, very difficult to deal with and that I found difficult to deal with as a teenager and as a young adult. But in context, you know, that that kind of larger than life, I'm the most important person in the room aspect enabled her to have the strength of character to to continue this archive when pretty much everyone around her was telling her that it really wasn't, wasn't really valuable. I mean, you've got to respect that.
1: TLDR was produced by the bad man, PJ Vogt, and me, Alex Goldman. Our executive producer is Cat Rogers. Our engineer is Sir Andrew Dunn. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Additional production help from Kimmy Regler. Be sure to read Sarah Kessler's article about Marion Stokes on fastcompany.com, where we first heard about this story. You can find more TLDR at tldr.onthemedia.org. We tweet at TLDR. We are TLDR.